Bankless Nation, it is uh, November 14th. David and I have been doing these live streams for you, doing another one today, just to talk about everything that went on last week. Without question, David, yeah. last week was the craziest week I've ever seen in crypto. Maybe, Which is saying something out of 2022. I'm just like, maybe we'll ever see in crypto. God, I hope so. Like this? I hope so. I definitely yeah. hope this. This, this, uh, this feels like, I don't know how... There's no bigger thing that that could like be worse, right? Like Coinbase could collapse, but I'm betting that it's not going to. Uh, Like, there's no there's no bigger thing. Like, it had that had to have been the the finale of 2022, right? The grand finale. That was the 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 fireworks. That was it. So we're done. I I it's easier from here. I mean, you don't know that, but it feels like a good bow on what was a terrible year in crypto good bow a terrible a bow of terribleness on an otherwise terrible year in crypto um well we've got some things to unpack i think so part of this is um the story has uh i think the events have settled down a little bit even though sbf is still like tweeting out like he's the zodiac killer i don't know what the hell is going on with that man we could talk about that if we want to but part of me is like why are we giving i don't even want to talk about sbf right now i'm tired of giving him attention yeah yeah. Like so, but but for people who aren't aware, he is yeah. just well, tweeting out like letters of the alphabet, maybe one by one something. by one. Yeah. Uh-huh. What? H A H A P P E. I think it's so we're we're we're. Oh really? I think yeah yeah P and E came really close after each other. We just recorded a podcast, and last I was up to see. I just can't look away, even though I don't want to talk yeah, about like this. I, I still want to know what he's typing. Let me uh let me look up his Twitter account. So. Is he spe- he's spelling what what happened? So yeah, I can't it's imagine happening. what other what other word. Yeah, uh huh. What happened with what? an N? What is why this? why even bother, man? What a psychopath! Yeah, I don't get it. Is he in control of his uh of his Twitter? And he's just is he doing this for why? What's what's motivating this guy at this point? I don't know. He's still in, he's still in the Bahamas, right? No idea, and that's been unconfirmed either. Anyway, I mean, people, we, there's some things that we can't confirm. Right. I think the purpose of this episode is to talk a bit more about... Um, what the state of the industry is. Like, I think that's yeah. overall confusing. Like, what, what is the state of things? I don't think we're in... I feel like we're in this period of time where, like, it's Monday. We're starting to see, like, announcements don't happen on the weekends. They happen on, on the weekdays, right? And so we saw uh, Travis Kling's Ikigai uh, hedge fund, VC fund... Uh, he had apparently the whole fund Blown on up. on FTX. Uh, he had everything on FTX. Yeah, everything on FTX. BlockFi just sent out an announcement saying, "Hey, like we got nothing. We have to cease operations." Oh, so, cool! Sick, right? Uh, I had and some so, funds in BlockFi. That's fine. <laughs> no longer. Uh, <laughs> you actually had some funds on FTX, Ryan. Did you know? <laughs> Wait, I do. Well, through BlockFi because they did, right? Oh, true. Um, I'm super <laughs> yeah. loud. Oh, sorry, chat. I'm turning myself down. Um, uh, and so like. I think we're we're in this weird state where like we're starting to see the the contagion fall out, uh, and so like but the story's starting to end and like the industry's starting to have conversations about how to proceed forward. I feel like we're in that like in between phase right now where like the story's still here but it's coming to a close, uh, and now we're now we have to think and like reflect as an industry as like all right, what the hell do we do about this? Let's talk about it. And I want to hear what uh, what the bankless community thinks yeah. about it too. So we got a chat window open. We're going to be looking at that. Yeah. And uh, know we have some other is. comments from the community to uh, to get into. I want to hear more about how your perspective might have changed too. Um, 
the, just the general mood in the crypto, the feedback is in general, I think we got to talk about where we go from here. So guys, uh, stick with us. This is a live stream David and I are doing. We'll just go until we run out of things to talk about. Mm -hmm. uh, but before we get there, we want to thank the sponsors that made this episode possible. Arbitrum One is pioneering the world of secure Ethereum scalability and is continuing to accelerate the Web3 landscape. Hundreds of projects have already deployed on Arbitrum One, producing flourishing DeFi and NFT ecosystems. With the recent addition of Arbitrum Nova, gaming and social dApps like Reddit are also now calling Arbitrum home. Both Arbitrum One and Nova leverage the security and decentralization of Ethereum and provide a builder experience that's intuitive, familiar, and fully EVM compatible. On Arbitrum, both builders and users will experience faster transaction speeds with significantly lower gas fees. With Arbitrum's recent migration to Arbitrum Nitro, it's also now 10 times faster than before. Visit Arbitrum.io where you can join the community, dive into the developer docs, bridge your assets, and start building your first dApp. With Arbitrum, experience Web3 development the way it was meant to be. Secure, fast, cheap, and friction-free. The Brave Wallet is your secure multi-chain on-ramp into Web3 and it's built directly into the Brave privacy browser. Gone are the days of managing multiple wallet extensions that put you at risk of phishing, spoofs, and tracking. With the Brave Wallet, you can securely manage your crypto assets across more than 100 different chains, including Ethereum, Layer 2s, Solana, and more, all without downloading risky extensions. The Brave Wallet is easy to set up and removes the headache of jumping between wallets and extensions. It's lightweight, but packed with great features like built-in token swaps, buying and holding NFTs with a gallery view, and support for hardware wallets. But also much more than that, because Brave is shipping new features every single month with a mission to make Web3 easier to navigate for its over 55 million users. Wallet extensions are a thing of the past. So get started with Brave's Web3 Ready browser today and experience a decentralized web seamlessly without all the clutter. You can download the browser at brave.com bankless and click the wallet icon to get started. How many total airdrops have you gotten? This last bull market had a ton of them. Did you get them all? Maybe you missed one. So here's what you should do. Go to Earnify and plug in your Ethereum wallet and Earnify will tell you if you have any unclaimed airdrops that you can get. And it also does POAPs and mintable NFTs. Any kind of money that your wallet can claim, Earnify will tell you about it. And you should probably do it now because some airdrops expire. And if you sign up for Earnify, they'll email you anytime one of your wallets has a new airdrop for it to make sure that you never lose an airdrop ever again. You can also upgrade to Earnify Premium to unlock access to airdrops that are beyond the basics and are able to set reminders for more wallets. And for just under $21 a month, it probably pays for itself with just one airdrop. So plug in your wallets at Earnify and see what you get. That's E-A-R-N-I dot F-I. Hey guys, a special live stream. We are back. Where do we go from here is the, the topic. We've done a number of these live streams just because this is a, a pretty crazy time in crypto, unlike anything we've experienced. And I, I want to ask you this question as we you know, kick things off. Uh, so it's been about a week. All right. Yeah. So it's a week and a day since SBF, you know, tweeted his a famous tweet about FTT and selling that. And, um, you mean CZ. we didn't CZ, excuse me. And we he didn't, he tweeted it over the weekend. It was, it was like Monday, Sunday. which was, uh, Sunday, Monday. It was, uh, when, uh, FTX stopped processing withdrawals. We did not know at the time, of course, that, um, <clears throat> FTX was $10 billion in the hole insolvent. We didn't know that Crazy. this guy was running some kind of a charade with, mm. you know, um, lending against investor money, basically using depositors money to, to, you know, pump his own fund and to plug holes. We didn't know all of that. You know, I, and my but, conclusion on, on that whole thing is like $10 billion is an insane amount of money. Do you think all of that went to Alameda? Cause as far as I'm concerned, 
I was listening to Brian Armstrong on the All In podcast, and Brian was like, I knew Coinbase's revenue, I knew FTX's revenue, and it didn't check out. Like, he yeah. kept on, like, buying all the things. And so, like, I'm kind of like, dude, FTX was just, like, Sam's slush fund to do what the hell he wanted. You see that, like, $40 million apartment that he had, or a penthouse that no, he had no, in the Bahamas? You, actually, okay, I saw pictures of this, but I didn't get a time to, like, it's like, I, I want to actually go through the listing and take a look at that. But, yes, I saw that, among other things, which has been, uh, I believe, put up for sale, right? Yes. $40 million apartment in the Bahamas. He was just like chilling in the Bahamas, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you have that photo? Oh, of the, of the apartment? Yeah, I'll go get it. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think I put it in our Discord. Um, I'll just take me a second. Uh, but like, I don't know, man. He, like, I, I don't know how big the hole in Alameda was, but I, again, like I said, I don't think it would, can be $10 billion big and Sam was just like buying everything like left and right as much as thing as as many things as possible. And so like he just had no like dis, uh, discretionary like nature about the funds, and he just used customer deposits to buy whatever the hell he wanted. Like yeah. I, I think that's going to be uh, uh, the, the conclusion to this whole thing. There's something psychological about like there's something deeply ingrained that um, would cause somebody to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, by the way, uh, it was late last week, Vitalik tweeted out this kind of thing that, you know, true Vitalik style, where he sort of separated SBF the person versus SBF the public brand and the public mm-hmm. image, right? Mm-hmm. And his comment was like, SBF the public individual, the runner of FTX. Uh, deserves a lot of the the slamming and the dunking and the vitriol and the anger coming at him, right? Because this is a $10 billion hole that probably set our industry back years. Yeah. Uh, and yet he balanced that with SBF, the person is still a human being worthy of value and respect as all human beings are. And he was hopeful that SBF had some family and friends that were supportive of him. Um, that's kind of how I feel. And this is, I don't, I'm not one of SBF's friends. I'm not his family member. So I can't speak to the person. Um, but the public individual, Sam Bankman Freed, that screwed our industry over and pulled one over on us. Like, I, I guess I have entered the phase and it goes in and out for me where sometimes, like, do you know how you're supposed to go through the stages of, of grief, yeah. grief sequentially, right? And there's like anger and there's sad. But like, for me, I've been going in and out of sometimes I'm sad and sometimes I'm angry. And I go that sad and I'm angry and it, it goes back and forth right now as we're streaming this at this moment I'm pretty pissed yeah I'm pretty pissed <laughs> I'm pretty angry pissed. like yeah. why like look at this man this is the uh the Singapore house wait Singapore uh Bahamas Bahamas okay Bahamas yeah. excuse me this and that see this Pause is the fun. thing like say, like he had the, this whole like you know new balances and and new effective altruism and like plain old t-shirts and then he owned this thing i don't even see sam as the person like giving a fuck about stuff like this i think he that's because that's his con man that like he conned us into believing these things no i don't think he like i'm saying like i don't think sam cares about a super fa- fancy apartment i think he is just like playing life like a video game 
and trying to score as many points as possible. So if he buys Twitter, he buys his apartment. Like, can you see Sam sitting down on that couch and like watching that TV? Like, no, he just cares about owning a 50 billion or $50 million like apartment just because he wants to check that box. Like it's a little sociopathic. Yeah. He's just kind of leveling up, treating the world like a video game. Like yes. He's in some kind of like yeah. you know, private VR yeah. instance and everyone else is an NPC. Yeah, I guess. I guess so. And I think like he had, and so the other thing I learned from the, uh, the uh, all in pod was that um, uh, Tremoth, when it was thinking about investing in FTX uh, and Tremoth, like, and his people like gave them like a two page, two pager as like recommendations. And one of them was like set up a board of directors, AKA like, you know, have some adults in the room. Uh, yeah. And there, you know what the response was? From from Tremoth or from from from, from, from from SBF to fuck off. What? Yes, that was the response. Just like to Tremoth, yeah. Want. And he could well yeah. that that had to be a red flag, big, big red flag, yeah, say? right. And so like yeah, I guess Alameda and FTX, like Alameda and like the Caroline girl, uh, like I don't know, it was just like Sam and his friends who like got access to a billion dollar like money printer, and they're like, hey, what do we do? Let's buy this fifty million dollar like penthouse. Like this is some this is Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, this is like it's Wolf of Wall Street. Crazy. Yeah, I, yeah. So how how have the events of last week changed your perspective on things? <sighs> it's like so like there was the, the moment in the weekly roll-up right that like everyone knows about uh and and like the bankless like universe Wait, are and you it, talking about when you yeah yeah, when you, yeah, like, yeah. Got emotional no, yeah exactly yes. yeah uh-huh and like everyone was like why are you getting sad like this is cfi this is exactly emblematic of like what we're trying to avoid uh, and like DeFi li- li- literally fixes this. Like this is why we're all here. Like financial system by code and math. And and I think I was just getting frustrated. Just like it's just like a bunch of like narrative storytelling, and I believe it. But like we keep on building all of these cool DeFi things, and then we like run over to FTX, right? Like it was just like a moment of just like, and we we, we joke that like you make money in crypto by going through your second cycle. Yeah. Uh, not your first cycle. Like your first cycle, you take pain and then you have lessons and then you, you make money the second time around. Well, if that's true, like you make money the second time around because you're dumping on the first people, right? And so like, it, I, I'm just like cornered by this fact that like there's no way for this industry to like move and progress forward in a way that like doesn't harm people. Because like, how do we learn as an industry? Like not your keys, not your crypto. Well, where did we learn that from? Mt. Gox. Right. Like, all right, well, now we're learning that like cross chain bridges are bad uh, because we'll lose money there. And it's like we only seem to like learn the lessons and actually apply principles like by losing billions of dollars. And that was just like frustrating. That, that I um, that when we were recording that, I was like, you know, trying to give some some thoughts on this. But like in the back of my mind, I was like, oh, SBF just broke David. <laughs> like, do you know, like you're you're one of the most enthusiastic, like bullish permeable people i know right mm-hmm. in crypto and about the space not just it's not like just dollar price in your eyes right it's right. actually like you're excited about this technology uh and excited about the good it can do for the world and i think i saw like as you're talking like you doubting that not necessarily for the first time but like maybe in a fundamental way i hadn't seen before and it was funny because um Actually, you know that uh, Molly White episode that we released yesterday mm-hmm. where she's like, Web3 is going just great. Right. 
Um, and we recorded that a month ago and we did the debrief on that. And I remember you talking in the debrief about, um, you know, Molly White uh, sees crypto as like, like crypto is like a whole bunch of turtles born right. on the beach, right? And they're mm -hmm. all kind of running for the ocean. Right. And yeah. so many turtles are born, <laughs> but only a few are actually going to make it. And your comment then was like, and Molly's really concerned about the turtles because she's like, there's right. so much pain. There's so much stuff. Like, why do we have to let turtles die, right? Right. And um, that's, I think, what we're seeing right now. Right. And it, it's like painful. Like the, tur the turtles are getting, it's like, it's right. like D-Day, man. They're right. getting blown up all around <laughs> us. The turtles are dying and they're just little baby cute turtles. Right. And why do they have to die? Why does this have to happen? Mm -hmm. Why can't it be? Why can't we just all make it to the ocean to get, we're all going to make it. Do you remember that thing? Yeah, we're, we're all, all going to make it. it. I don't say that Ryan, as much anymore. We, we didn't all make it. <laughs> <laughs> I was always suspicious of that. I just, um, I was on board with the GM thing, but the we're all going to make it. I was like, oh, I don't, I got I get news. I mean, that's nice to say, but yeah, like right. <laughs> some of us are not going to make it. Um, okay. And, but, and also like, why does that have to be true? And like, we're all, this is why we're all mad at Sam is cause like Sam killed like, like all time highs in like turtle deaths. <laughs> yes. Like he killed the most he amount of turtles. Like a, yeah. after we, after we had Celsius and three hours capital and like, killing. and like, yeah, it was like the, the drones the, yes, just yeah. scraping <laughs> the turtles. <laughs> Look, oh I'm only laughing about this because if I don't laugh, then David's going to uh, get emotional again. Yeah, so yeah. The, the chat's going to make fun of me. Yeah, the, the chat's not being very nice right now, um, but we'll see. Chat's never nice. Yeah, well, well, it's been nicer. There, there's, some, well, there's some antagonists in the chat right now. So how have the events changed your perspective then? Like last week, I know how you're feeling, yeah. but like this week, it, is it a fundamental shift? Are you like, I mean, has it shaken your faith in what we're doing here? It's made me understand Bitcoin maximalism a little bit better. It's like it's made the, the, the last week, like made me feel very extremist or like want to become an extremist. Well, that's interesting. Uh, yeah. And so like extremist I, about what? And so like I previously would have called myself like a bank apologist. Right. It's like in the in the future crypto world uh, that I see, there's going to be a broad variety, a broad spectrum of quality products. And some of those are going to be centralized and some of those are going to be decentralized. Uh, and just because humans are folly and we have SBFs of the world and like Bernie Madoffs and like all these centralized powers that do all the bad things, that doesn't stop the existence of good quality centralized products that exist out there. There centralized products are allowed to exist. Like I believe Brian Armstrong is great personal hero. I think Coinbase is great. Um, but like now I'm like, well now I'm just like, Millet you don't, trust, you don't trust Brian. You don't trust Coinbase. No, I do trust, trust Brian. But like at some point, it's like there's after you start trusting Brian, like where do you draw the line? And if you want to trust Brian, like, all right, you'll trust, like, uh, I also trust Gemini. I also trust, like, Nexo. But at some point, like, you're going to add, you're going to add too many people into that circle of trust and you're going to have one bad one. And so, like, at some point, like, I can see, like, the polarization of Bitcoiners who are, like, not one bank, like, not one ever. Uh, like one is too much. One is don't too much. Compromise. You don't ever compromise on values. Right. Uh, and so like, I can start to resonate with that like a lot more. Like the shelling fence has kind of moved yeah. back where you're mm -hmm. like, rather than it's just the, the policy should be 100% bankless all right. the time. Right. And 
as soon as possible, you get your funds off of that exchange. I mean, like, so I had a conversation with um, my dad over the weekend. He was like, what is happening in crypto, <laughs> right? I'm like, well, okay. So, and then, but he's like, well, I have some funds on Coinbase. Should, mm -hmm. I, should I take them off of Coinbase, right. right? And I was like, dad, you probably should. Yeah. I'm not, I don't think, I don't think Coinbase is going under right. as part of this, right? I, um, but we don't know, do we? This is the thing. Have you been up to date in this? Like, what do you think of proof of reserves? We're, we're talking about the how it's changed our perspective on things, right? Mm -hmm. um, but how has it changed? I guess everyone's perspective on this. Let's let's talk about some of the some of the players. So, crypto exchanges themselves. This hasn't just been a hit to FTX's credibility. All crypto exchanges. Yes, everything centralized. All, yeah, anything centralized. Anything that custodies private keys is under tremendous amount of scrutiny and i become like a bit proof of reserves right like or you don't deserve to hold any of our private keys right audits are audits enough proof of reserves proof of liabilities as mm -hmm. well as part of that is not i don't even know if that's possible proof of proof of lack of liability i don't even know if that's possible so you're we're back to auditors we're back to trusting right. it but like ftx was audited they were uh Armenio was one of the auditors. It's not like yeah. a big four, but it's like one of yeah, the top sure. auditors. I mean, they were audited. Mm -hmm. um, so it does it does kind of it does kind of galvanize you to and like um, militarize you to be like, well, we should like back to back to bankless, full bankless, right? Mm -hmm. um, it used to be the policy of like bankless over plus, time. Plus, plus the th things that get you there. Yes, plus right. the things that get you there, and you don't have to do it all at once because don't right. lose your private keys, and there's a lot of risk over there. But now I'm just like, I am weighing the risk of keeping anything on a centralized uh, exchange very high. Um, right, I've lost you, some funds in this process. Yeah. Oh, I've never lost funds. I've never lost funds ever. Well, okay. In 2017, I got fished for a fake IOTA wallet. That was my only time. Really? Yeah. Other than that, How I haven't. Fish? Did you click an email? Uh, I was I was spinning up a new wallet and I was like, I need a new IOTA wallet. So I went to an IOTA wallet generator, but it was just like, I just sent my IOTA to <laughs> IOTA. like their wallet. Yeah. Trinary code. Do you remember this? A trinary code? That was one of their things. Yeah. It was like, we're basing our. Uh, no, the DAG, the DAG. The DAG. The DAG. Yeah. The DAG. The DAGs. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, yeah. so but that's the only time. Yeah, so I um, had a little bit of funds on um, uh, Celsius previously, remember? Because like I try these things mm -hmm. and then also BlockFi. And I kept just a little bit on there even after they got bailed out. I was, I was like, oh, okay, well, may as well not. Well, that's never coming back. Didn't BlockFi send an email today kind of confirming? I've just yeah. my email. Yeah, BlockFi sent an email saying, hey, like we're ceasing Gone. operations. Don't deposit I'm any money. money. Yeah. Yeah. Have you, have you noticed, like, the crypto industry just feels like at each other's throat right now? Like, everyone just feels super toxic. Oh, oh yeah, dude. I, why, why the hell this, is that? No, this made me sad. It's like, I know you were, yeah. uh, cause we've been, we've been attacked in the past. Like, yeah, we, we got, we got like the, we got stay golden in here. People. Who's like, uh, in our chat saying like, oh, this, this video is brought to you by FTX, even though we've never, ever had an FTX as a sponsor and like up, up, up only had FTX as a sponsor, but I don't blame them in the slightest because the whole thing is like the industry got duped. As a sponsor. We've had right. Gemini, I mean, could the Winklevoss twins be rugging us now? Like, right. I don't think so, but I can't say for a hundred percent certainty right yeah right? This like, alan fields guys like bankless loved blockfly also never had blockfly as a sponsor uh it's 
they're just looking for people to tie to the stake and burn. Yeah, like I guess when like we lose like ten billion dollars as an industry, like people just get like uh, they they don't get the growing the pie mentality. Uh, and so like we've triggered a few communities. I've triggered a few communities, like the the hex community and the. Cardano did you ever community. have BlockFi as a sponsor? No, no we no, never we had never BlockFi did. as a sponsor. No, never. Yeah. Uh, learn from the haters. You promoted so it's much. Too garbage. much garbage. You know, what what garbage did we promote? Tell us. Yeah, t- <laughs> What garbage? <laughs> what garbage? We have uh, not one. There's not a single bankless sponsor that has lost a dime of bankless listener money. Don't say that, David. Yet. <laughs> Knock on wood. <laughs> I mean, guys, we just try our best. I mean, like, what, like, what are we gonna do? We, um, we're very judicious in terms of the sponsors uh, mm-hmm. we decide to support. Um, we've recently made a uh, a sponsor decision. So at the very at the very beginning of Bankless, mm-hmm. uh, we would not do anything with centralized custodian uh, companies, and I think the very first centralized custodian we started to sponsor uh, work with as a sponsor was Gemini. Mm-hmm. And why? It's because I'm a Gemini user. Your Gemini user as well happened in the past. Yep. There are a few exchanges probably that I would consider that I like. You have to trust something. You have right. to look. You have to get your fiat to crypto. Yep. All right. You in order an to exchange. do that, you need an exchange. I don't know how else you do that. Uh, there is no other way to do that. Right. So, uh, uh, Gemini would be like was a sponsor. Mm-hmm. I'd probably do something with Kraken. I trust them reasonably to get my fiat over to crypto. I'd probably do something with uh, Coinbase. Mm-hmm. Never done anything with uh, FTX. Right. Um, the very first time we decided to do something with a uh, borrowing and lending um, uh, centralized company was uh, Nexo. Mm-hmm. And that was because they had survived everything up to this point. Right. Uh, we have, and then also Juno, you know that right. um, startup. Also, also an bank. exchange with, that's also a bank that has like crypto powers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. It's because I have like, look, I have um, Coinbase. I literally still have a Wells Fargo account. Yeah. And I have, I don't know how many accounts we have for um, Bankless as a um, as a company, right? But like they've kicked us out of Bank of America because mm. we have interactions with crypto. And so we're at like small community credit unions. Right. Like we have to use banks right. in order, we can't go fully bankless yet. Like right. I, I wish that were the case. This is a journey. It's going to take a decade or more right. for us to get all the way there. So we support hybrid solutions along the way when we can. Right. That said... Um, I think that you talked about being uh, militant. Yeah. Um, I think that's very important for us to not support centralized institutions moving forward when there's an alternative. It, you know, I'll, I'll make I'll make some exceptions to this. So, for for example, if it's an exchange, if it's doing the fiat right. to uh, crypto, totally need that. Right. Totally understand that. I am, no way. There's no way around it. But if it's doing like lending and borrowing. Unless we have some sort of proof of reserve system, without right? without proof, yeah, we, that includes With some, some proof sort of liabilities yeah, right, uh-huh. or some super strong audits, right? Like, and then that should be qualified as well. Maybe that's not even enough. Like, we need some real certainty there uh, in order to ever work with a with a partner like that again. Um, the other thing I'm pretty wary of right now, David, is um, staking centralized uh, staking, staking custodians. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine if FTX was like staking, I don't know, 10% of Ether right now? Like what would that what like what would happen? Right. If that was the case. 
right? That's a major attack vector. You give up your private, like, so decentralized staking providers are really important here. So what, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I think like, I don't have too many thoughts on like the staking element, but I think like you, you have to have a bank, a crypto bank, Coinbase, Gemini, whatever, Kraken, to go from fiat into the crypto world. And I think like at this point, like this is what we're, it's ironic that like FTX was in the Bahamas, so they would be outside of crypto regulation. And so at some point you kind of have to tip your hat to like regulated entities because of this is what regulation does. Uh, and so like, like crypto banks that are inside of the US, I feel like is a acceptable line to draw uh maybe but what what happened to ftx us is that still here yeah apparently i don't know how that i thought that those They're were separate too yeah did you see the tweet about like uh sbf's dad is like a uh, I mean, like a stanford like tax uh tax person and then and then it had like F I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna butcher this i'm gonna go get the tweet it was it was pretty funny uh can you uh i'm gonna post it into uh is the, this part of the uh conspiracy theory stuff about sbf being it's no it's it's, mean, it's less of a conspiracy theory here can you share your screen on that one yeah it, it almost feels scripted that element of it dude but, uh, this whole thing feels extremely scripted oh wow yeah i have seen this what are we looking at uh i don't know if you're sharing the right one you're just sharing your notifications oh actually uh stop share let me share it there this. SBF's uh, what was the tweet say? SBF's father was an expert in tax shelters and a professor at Stanford Law. On an entirely unrelated note, this is FTX's corporate structure. Dude, that thing looks like a motherboard, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does. It's uh, crazy. Look at all of these entities. I right? can't even like. I can't even read it. It's yeah, it's insane. It's absolutely insane. Yeah. So okay, so. We've lost faith in centralized institutions or centralized custodians. And by the way, I don't think that's I don't think that's a bad thing. Right. Um, like um, it's a bummer that we can't have both. Yeah. Bankless playing innocent is hilarious. Still got sponsors. Yeah. I see. Yes. Sponsors yes. are how we pay for the show. Yes, we have sponsors. Yep. <laughs> we have sponsors. We will. I mean, the way a, a bankless makes revenue is through sponsors and then through subscription. Yep. Like member fees. That's how we make revenue, grow a business. We have um, eight folks on our team and counting. We're trying to build, you know, uh, incredible products. We actually have a, a new product to announce probably that's coming maybe this week or next week. We'll get mm -hmm. that announcement out. I mean, like we're busy, like we're trying to grow this mission. And so, yes, we have a revenue model. Um, but okay. So that's centralized exchanges. Mm -hmm. What about regulators? What do you think they do in the wake of this? Okay, so th this is what has made me optimistic, is that like even JP Morgan just now uh, wrote some article saying like, hey, like all of the bad things that happened in 2022 in crypto was because of centralization. And like, I actually think that this is a moment where we are actually able to go to the regulators and be like, look at what happened. It was a regulation, shitty regulation inside the United States that made and that, that enabled FTX to go offshore and do all the offshore things. And it was centralization. It was been the same things. I, I, I'm optimistic that there is a moment where the crypto industry, the decentralized side of the crypto industry and regulators can come together and do something useful for a change. See, that's, a, that's some of that Hoffman optimism. Yes. Yes. I'm optimistic that this is... You have faith? I think we have a better... 
we have more evidence and more talking points and this is an educational event that we can take to the regulators and move forward with did you see this uh by the way uh so i was feeling like that like a uh, sad thing is sam may kill defy in the u.s on its way out right right the wrath of the regulators is coming right so uh jake travinsky i asked him what do we do did you see his thread here oh i didn't see it i thought it was, I saw that one tweet i didn't see the thread oh my god fire he wrote this whole thread what do we do jake the regulators are coming they're going to squash us jake says we tell the truth mm. we explain that this wasn't a u.s regulatory failure or a flaw in the technology it was a historic fraud perpetrated by a con man in the bahamas we uncover in detail exactly what happened honestly and ruthlessly to lay bare the crime in full we take responsibility for not calling out the red flags, for not pushing back. We help with investigations. We show how open source public blockchains offer an unprecedented ability to root out bad actors. We take it upon ourselves to use this technology for what it does best, increase transparency, to mitigate risk, to eliminate untrustworthy uh, third parties. We make proof of reserves a top priority. We restore the principles that brought us here. Don't trust, verify, not your keys, not your coins. We focus on education for newcomers. The very first thing we teach is self-custody, not which coin will make them rich quick. We teach them self-custody. We teach them how to go bankless. I'm like, we oh, there's nothing new here. <laughs> We've been doing this. <laughs> back to basics. Right. But it's back yes. to basics. Yes. All there right? was something you said in the weekly roll-up. Um, it was like there was a moment in time where crypto really put forth values first. And it, we had some like memes that, that you chanted, which and it was like... Uh, protocols protocols not kings or something or code protocols not people not people code not kings yes yeah. exactly you gotta get that alliteration yes. we've yeah thank you uh, this is <laughs> this is why this is why you're a meme artist and i think like just like we 2021 was just like a bunch of bull market mania where we forgot about that stuff like that's Mitchell king yet you still show nexo we are was were we not clear yeah we are not working with nexo moving forward yeah which is a shame for nexo because like they're Doing just fine, probably. Yes. Um, but We're that's, not working that's with SPF's fault. Providers. Um, and it's like, there, there's the whole DeFi chant of 2020, 2019 was like all about that, right? Can you say it again? So can, can you say it? Yeah. Can you say it? Yeah. Protocols, not people. Code, not kings. Can you say it again? Is he gone? <laughs> can you say it again for the, for the people Protocols in the back? Protocols, not people. Code, not king. <laughs> and like, yeah. okay, so we forgot that. We forgot in 2021, we forgot that. It was NFT mania, board ape season, yield farming, and I think we forgot all about it. And like, you know, it's just, it's like, it, we're just, it's the crypto industry. We're just here for that. And I think like over the next like year or so of like, we just drill that into people's heads. Man. Justin said, no, you guys forgot about that stuff. Many of us did not forget about that stuff. By the way, I'm only reading uh, right now chatter from uh like the youtube the army that's uh, being, uh the, the, yeah. the evil army the youtube chat the, that's angry me, the, the i mean angry, there's a lot of lot of supporters army. obviously yeah. uh do you think we forgot that do you think bankless forgot that david yeah there's like a decent amount of just like the content treadmill is like pretty subsuming and so like all right like it's monday gotta get another podcast out the door like what are we gonna talk about uh and like when you're in in it it's harder to like stay zoomed out. And I think that's really what has like, what's um, I was doing this weekend. It was like zooming out a little bit, but like also at the same time, like there's only so much content you can make about that. Right. Like, I don't know, man. I feel like we did a fairly good job about that. Like one, yeah. one asset that we've always been like um, accused of like talking about price too much is an asset. I make no apologies for talking about price. Oh, ether. And that yeah. asset is ether. Right. 
Yeah. I mean, it's the whole, it, unless Ether has value, like the security of the entire network goes down. Right. I mean, like I personally, maybe I, I don't want to be defend. I want to be introspective here, but personally, David, I think we did a pretty good job at that. Yeah. Um, but you're right. There is always the temptation. We weren't militant about it. Right. And so like, that's why I call it, called it like, yeah, I've been like a bank apologist lately. A bank apologist. I don't yeah. think you have been. Like, uh, up, you've to, been the least, up to now. The least bank apologist of, I mean, like, I don't know. I, I guess, I guess what, what are we trying to accomplish right now? Are we trying to kind of look in the mirror? I guess and so. we're trying to say a little bit like, what, what did we do? Yeah. Well, cool. well, cause you had that, that tweet where you were, you were like, apologize on behalf of the crypto industry is like, Hey, yeah. uh, we missed this one. We missed SPF. Like, I'm really sorry about that. And people were like, why are you guys apologizing? What the hell did you guys do? It's like, it's sometimes like anything, if it happens in crypto, I feel responsibility over it. And I, that's I what I think it. what felt me like it. wrecked me so hard on the weekly roll up. It was like, yo, when Sam rugs, this is my industry. Like, and like what also hit me pretty hard and probably like what started that whole thing was like, I was on a call with my mom and sister, uh, like a FaceTime call. Uh, just, it was my mom, sister and dad. It was my dad's birthday. I was wishing him a happy birthday. And like, they were, we were talking about like, I was like, oh yeah, the shit's going down in the crypto world. Uh, and they had heard about it obviously. And I was like, yeah, it's like really hard to like defend crypto. And like, the speed and like energy to which my mom and sister started nodding like yeah it is really hard to defend what you guys are doing right now and i'm like oh dude yeah you're right yeah you're right we um they don't see the distinction they haven't listened to all of our content all of the shows they don't they don't see the subtle differences between um what we try to talk about and what some other uh crypto person is talking about uh, and by the way, they also see, we do talk about price go up, don't we? Yeah. Uh, like yeah. number go up right. and that can all sound the same without kind of the deeper context. Dude, um, I love, I love all these trolls in the, in the uh, chat. So like time to cry again. It's like, you go make a podcast that has a bajillion listeners <laughs> to teach you a lesson. <laughs> yeah. Richard what lesson is going to, is Richard going to, going to teach me? Uh, let's see. Richard Hart. Let's go to the website here. Oh, dude, the website's so bad, What's Richard man. Hart? Richard what's, what's Hart he is up a to? force for good in this world. <laughs> he owns the largest... How uh, can he have that? This is the biggest troll website of all time. In, in watches and raised $23 million for medical research. He owns the quickest Ferrari ever made and the most expensive <laughs> Rolexes ever made. This is... Th- richardhart.com i'm on the right website he's got 10 million in watches and 3 million in cars with 145 iq he invented 145 yeah that's really good which went up in price 10,000 x he gave over 500,000 of 500 million dollars of free money to bitcoiners and created the largest free airdrop of coins through pulsechain.com he also called bitcoins top two cycles in a row this is his website this is a person that should not be doing what he's doing in crypto. This, this is does not an example respect. of a demagogue that yeah. does not deserve our respect. And anyone who tells you he does is trying to sell you some hex coin. And that's the bottom line. Yeah. And so, I mean, do, do you think he wrote that himself? <laughs> I have no idea. Are we getting, are people angry in the chat? Like, well, we have, hex, well that's uh, what I'm saying. Things? Like, dude, everyone's angry, man. Guys, like we have like, website. we have if like three serious d- adult with a brain, like read yeah. this website and tell yeah. me how you think that this is a, a legitimate person who um, cares about the values that, that uh, crypto sh- is based on. It's insane, man. It's insane. Like, well, that's what I was saying. Like the industry just feels so toxic at the moment. Like, like, 
perhaps I've been too mean to the Cardano folk. And so they come back. Do you back. regret that? Do you want to say sorry to any of the Cardano folk right now? Uh, Cardano is not a scam. Yes, I regret, <laughs> I regret saying those words. I felt very frustrated by not because like ethereum has like a history of like unfulfilled promises which is now later i would now consider those promises fulfilled i think cardano also has that and i just am skeptical on like there even being intent on that being fixed but i'll totally admit that that's just my gut feeling that the cardano community knows way more about and so their opinions are probably far more legitimate than mine the hex community can fuck right off (laughs) (laughs) well there you go um that's the mood. Um, what, what do you think the, the mood of the rest of the market is? is? Are people angry? Are they just hurt? Are people leaving for good? Have you heard anyone in your circle say, hey, I'm out for good. Like, this was it for me. Well, yeah, but one. no, because like I surround myself by like other people that are going to be here no matter the what. Settlers. Right. Yeah. So like and there's it's like the margins that are the undecided. You're in kind, a bubble, aren't you? Yeah. I mean, I'm in like a bubble for sure. Crypto? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and so, no, I don't see anyone leaving, but like, I wouldn't put myself in the comfort or the, in the company of somebody who would leave though. All right. Let's talk about people we know who've been on the podcast. Maybe. Okay. Travis Kling, Ike guy. Did, did you just say their fund is blown up? Yeah. Yeah. Dead. Yeah. That's sad. And it's because, uh, Travis had all of his funds. Well, at, at least it sounds like a significant majority of the funds on FTX. Yeah. Absolutely brutal. Uh, multi-coin, they're still standing, but like wounded? Downtown 10 to 15%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 10 to 15%. There's like the jokes around of like, uh, like people two months ago, proud investors of FTX, like VCs now. It was a small check. <laughs> <laughs> what about like, um, I know like um, Paradigm, for, for example, they, they were in on the FTX deal, weren't they? yes yeah 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 yeah. i mean a lot of people were man a lot of people had like they were part of one of the ways that ftx had a bunch of money is they kept on raising money man they had a they had great revenue and and then they would buy everything but like it was it was one gigantic fraud where like money in to fund spf's ego okay do you know another thing we got a lot of pushback for i feel like i don't want to spend this episode on this defending ourselves yeah because i don't feel like we need to defend ourselves in the slightest but but last thing do you regret ever having sbf on we've had him no dude no we had him on for the first no not at all back in march March? yeah and this is like a contrast because we're having all of the exchange um yeah he ran the second largest third largest exchange we had brian armstrong on Mm -hmm. and he talked about crypto values and then we had SBF on and the contrast of like, there aren't crypto values there. It was right. like, I'm a trader. This is how I make money. Right. I'm a, bu- uh, I'm a business builder. I'm a trader and I'm good at talk it. Talk to CZ. Right. But he said that, um, I, I mean, a lot of people are saying, you had, a F- you had SBF on, you gave him a platform, right. you enabled this. Is this just part of the, w- the witch burning uh, I guess process? so, yeah. People are just looking for people to-, to... I don't regret that. Who, don't, you didn't want us not to talk to It was a to good him. episode. Yeah. It's like, yeah, what I learned from that? What did I learn from that episode with SPF? Uh, he's not going to build DeFi. He's going to build a good exchange. And the, remember, like, the exchange was good. It was a good product that people enjoyed. And if except it's, it's except, except for the fraud in the back, but the fr- exchange <laughs> in the front was a functioning product that was, was worth a well something. Done fraud. Yes, it's a, well, see, like that. There's, there should there should be a, uh, there should be a dividing line between like okay, you have the functioning exchange, which was a money printer, which was great, 
And like, that's why FTX employees even feel rugged by this is because like in the back, it was SBF's like personal bank account to go like buy cool things because he was a child with no adult in the room. Right. And so like, if you could separate those things, and this is why Tramoth wanted to have FTX as like a board of directors. If you could separate those things and have like adults in the room, we would still be able to have FTX. We, the best thing we can do is like, I, so here's the thing as kind of, um, I think a con a content creator and uh, having podcasts that I've learned, like our audience isn't dumb. No, why should, why yeah. should we like, we have one of the, um, I'd say we have the, one of the smartest audiences in crypto. I mean, like we shouldn't be paternalistic about this. They can listen to a conversation mm-hmm. and make their own judgments about the individual in front of them right. is another exactly what we also did with uh, Eric versus Eric Voorhees versus SBF. Right. We brought him in and they just talked. Talk. And right. if you came out of that episode and you were thinking that SBF like was in it for crypto values and cared about DeFi and decentralization mm-hmm. and was going to stand up for these principles in DC, I don't know what to tell you. Like, cause you didn't watch the same episode that, that I right. did. Right. And so we I, were trying to get Sam on for a while and we were having a, a bad time reaching to him because we've he, been so antagonistic to him up to that blocked. point. Yeah, he right. He had you blocked. I forgot about that. Yeah. It was a preemptive blocking. Like I'd never interacted yeah. with him, but he just didn't like, I, I don't know, bank yeah. his value. I don't know. Something yeah. Like that. There was something. Yeah. We, we were like barely warm to Sam is sometimes antagonistic because he was like part of the Solana uh, ecosystem and we were critical of Solana. Uh, anyways, I don't know. In all of my years in crypto, I've never been hacked, scammed, or lost money to a thief. And a lot of that credit goes to my Ledger hardware wallet. The Ledger Nano X and the Ledger Nano S Plus hardware wallets allow users like you and me to secure and manage all of our crypto assets and our NFTs, all with the security of storing users' private keys offline and out of reach from hackers. The Ledger Nano X is the perfect hardware wallet for managing your crypto and NFTs on the go because it connects to your phone with Bluetooth and has a nice big screen for easy transaction readings. Ledger has also upgraded the iconic Ledger Nano S and made the new Ledger Nano S device more DeFi and NFT friendly, making it the perfect hardware wallet for beginners. Ledger has truly maximized for both ease of use and security. So discover which Ledger device is best suited for your journey by going and visiting shop.ledger.com. If you've been listening to Bankless, you know that we're fans of the modular blockchain thesis. The idea that blockchains will separate execution from data availability and consensus, allowing all three to become the best versions of themselves. And Fuel, has built the fastest modular execution layer in the industry. By supporting parallel transaction execution, Fuel unlocks significantly faster throughput for the web free world. Fuel also goes beyond the limitations of the EVM with its own Fuel VM, which is more efficient and optimized, opening up the design space for developers. And lastly, Fuel brings a powerful developer experience with its own domain-specific language, Sway, and a supportive toolchain called Fork. With Fuel, you can have the benefits of smart contract languages like Solidity while adopting the improvements made by the Rust tooling ecosystem, letting the fuel development environment go beyond the limitations of the EVM. If you want to learn more, there's a link in the show notes to see how you can get involved with the fuel network. The Layer 2 era is upon us. Ethereum's Layer 2 ecosystem is growing every day, and we need Layer 2 bridges to be fast and efficient in order to live a Layer 2 life. Across is the fastest, cheapest, and most secure cross-chain bridge. With Across, you don't have to worry about high fees or long wait times. Assets are bridged and available for use almost instantaneously. Across's bridges are powered by UMA's optimistic oracle to securely transfer tokens between Layer 2s and Ethereum. Across's critical ecosystem infrastructure and Across V2 has just launched. Their new version focuses on higher capital 
capital efficiency, layer two to layer two transfers, and a brand new chain with Polygon, all while prioritizing high security and low fees. You can be a part of Across's story by joining their Discord and using Across for all of your layer two transferring needs. So go to across.to to quickly and securely bridge your assets between Ethereum, Optimism, Polygon, Arbitrum, or Boba networks. The, Where do we go from here? Can we get to that? Okay, so here, here's what I'm optimistic about again. Uh, there, we, as an industry, were faced with a lot of scammers and just like fraudsters and bad actors in 2022. Um, Do Kwan, Danny Sesta, uh, Three Arrows Capital, who, again, I think Suzu is like an okay guy, but like when you give him money, he's bad. Uh, and like, <laughs> yeah, huh? uh, <laughs> uh, and like now SBF and like, so we, we've been faced with a variety of like fraudulent people or just like scammers like Danny Assesta and like Doquan. I don't know what, what to categorize him, but like not good. And so like as an industry, we've learned who these people are. They have a couple, they, they're all different flavors, but they all have kind of similar bases to them. Like they all are obsessed with themselves. They all want to promote their ego. Like why was SBF the face of FTX when, with his like sweaty t-shirts and like New Balance sneakers and he plastered himself all over San Francisco. So like we've, as an industry, back in 2013, we learned not your keys, not your crypto because of Mt. Gox. We haven't learned something like that for a long time. Uh, as bad as 27, uh, 2018 was, uh, it was like, wasn't really anything like, there wasn't anything that crazy there. It was just like unsustainable business models with ICOs. In 2022, it got bad because we had so many scammers rug us left and right. But like the learning lessons is like, I think we as an industry will be able to call out the early warning signs and the red flags a lot better now because of the lessons that we've learned in 2022. So I think it is going to be a lot harder to scam this industry and defraud this industry moving forward because we've seen it before. We've had it happen to us. Do you think we just get some temporary resistance though and then need to be re-inoculated? There's a new generation that comes, they also need to be inoculated, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, the class of 2013 and a lot of those OGs were not fooled by this SBF person. And right. even like, I, I, I guess like, I look, Voorhees did not think SBF was a straight scam. No one I did, mean, dude. No one did. SBF was the most successful con man that we have had in crypto. Right. Like, just very good at it. See, right? con man implies mean, intent. He was. He didn't even intend to be a con man. He was just irresponsible. I guess. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the man is thinking. I don't know what is in his kind of like brain or his heart. I mean, like, he, look, man. I, I, Eleven days before. We had the conversation with him and he knew he had a $10 billion, you know, a hole in his balance sheet and he's playing with depositors money. I mean, I don't know what you call that con man. I don't know. Fraud. fraud. You, don't accidentally, yeah. you don't accidentally stumble into that. Right. Like there was yeah, some, yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, definitely. Anyway, Voorhees did not smell that out in person, but he knew like, I'm not going to give anyone like on principle alone, mm -hmm. I'm not going to give someone else my private keys. Right. Right. Like I, I'll use exchange to get fiat to crypto and then I'm out. I'm right. out. Yeah. Right. And I, I have custody of my, or it's in a, a smart contract wallet or something else. By the way, I think the apology that we as an industry and a subset of an industry of crypto, we in the DeFi community owe the world and the rest of crypto is we didn't educate well enough. Okay. We tried. Believe me, we tried. Yeah. I mean, like, well, I'll say it's like the attention isn't there all the time. I mean, talk about private keys and some somebody else is talking about like whatever coin has gone up 20x and they'd rather tune into that. 
Um, but education, I think we could have done a better job. The other thing is building. It's just the user experience yeah. of taking custody of your private keys sucks right. still. It's not great. It's hard, right? So even in my dad, when I was talking to him, I was like, you, you want to get your money off Coinbase? He's like, yeah, you're going to need to help me with that. And like, yeah, I really am going to need to help you with that. Um, so you don't like, Fuck so yeah. that's the other thing I think we could be that we could have done better. Yeah. I was on um, Kevin Iwaki's, uh podcast yesterday uh, and we were talking about like, all right, what, what, like, uh, how do we, how do we move forward in, in like more concrete steps and like, yo, we need account abstraction, bro. Like that's exactly <laughs> what we need. Uh, yeah. And like, I, we don't have time to go into what account abstraction is, but like, it is the thing that unlocks the golden age of UX improvement for self-custodying assets. And this is yeah. like, education is one thing. We just need to make self-custody assets cool and fun and easy and we don't get there without account abstraction it's account abstraction smart contract wallets really yeah. is the way forward right yep. um i mean vitalik talked about we had him on the podcast was it almost like two years ago now he talked about this or he's talked about it a number of times <laughs> i mean but like on bankless I, I just feel like that's an area we haven't moved the dial very much yep. at all yep. um and i'm i'm a little like I ho hopefully this will be the the pressure that we need there's a tremendous amount of demand right now to use bankless systems to take custody of your own keys and david i want the experience of like i have it on my phone and mm -hmm. i can share social recovery style with a few other people in my network that i trust mm -hmm. right and the gas fees are low and so it's not going to cost me right. you know hundred dollars well see with, with the kind of traction it wouldn't even be your family it would be just your other devices perfect yeah um like that is something we absolutely need right now yeah um yeah all right what else you got what else should we talk about what else is in your mind i don't know chat uh we're either gonna talk about whatever you guys want us to talk about or we're gonna sign off so take take uh, this moment to ask some questions or prompt us with something um, what are prices like real quick I uh, 12 today. low 12s for eth i think ratio is at 0 0.075 yeah once again i feel good about my buys have you made any moves lately no david see so so i was thinking about the difference between like our kind of timing things uh-huh and you're you're really good at getting me like these local buys lately and that's, lately that's good. yeah knock on wood that's good <laughs> But I want to be really good at make, like buying the kind of the the more sustained like long term. I I don't think I think we'll be in this range for a while. I, I'm and I think not we're actually right going now, lower yeah. uh -huh. at, at some point. And so I'm I don't still. Think I don't think we're going lower. I'm still on board. For, I think we're going to triple digits first. I think something's going to shake us. I'm not talking about locally. I could take a month. It could take a few months. I have no idea. But that's what I'm guessing. I could be wrong. In which case, I'll have missed the train yet again. But. Um, oh, Bot Hunter asks, when Steve Newcomb? Uh, we have a Wednesday episode coming out with Steve from ZK Sync. So there's that. Look, um, that's still progressing. Um, what's the next big tragedy to fall crypto, do you think? We've seen a lot of them. I'll go if, if it's a bigger one, then it's just, just dashing my hopes and dreams. Jesus. <laughs> like it's, it was, it, the only way it could be bigger than FTX is if it was something that was even more trusted by the industry. And so like it's, that's got to be something like Gemini or Coinbase. Like if some trading firm like Genesis went under, which people were worried about, people are like, oh, get your funds out of Gemini Earn because Genesis, their trading firm is going under. Uh, like if it was just a good trading firm, that would be one thing. Like I, but it's like, we need to like not lose trust and faith in our institutions. And that includes our fiat on ramps. And so like, 
yeah, if, if Coinbase did something bad or uh, Gemini did something bad or Kraken, like that would be bad. But again, like the, the, what's the bigger shark beyond FTX? I'm worried the next thing is I think, I think we've uh, removed the, the custodial kind of risk from, from the pools here mostly. And we've, we've removed a lot of the margin, a lot of the, the leverage. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always been worried about kind of the, the, the D-Day sort of hack like a major smart contract hack or something mm-hmm. like a, like an Ave or like maybe in kind of the new world of layer twos, mm-hmm. something a layer two, some issue with a massive layer two yeah. after it gets to protocol layer hack. Yeah. yeah. And there's like a, a DAO type of event, like the original, the DAO event mm. where you have a, a massive hack. Um, but <laughs> so you want, you I want some dwelling on, you want some alpha? I want some alpha. So I uh, had uh, some friends over at my place this weekend. Uh, one of them worked at, at Coinbase, who shall not uh, be named. Um, but they who, they were talking about just like they're in inside of the United States competition. Like it's FTX, it's Binance, it's Coinbase. FTX was flat in terms of user adoption and user acquisition. It was Binance that's been starting to creep up against Coinbase. And this was before FTX went under. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. So... Now our banks have gotten even bigger because we've had a major competitor get kind of deleted. And, um, you know, Coinbase is there, but Coinbase is is somewhat DeFi aligned, I feel like. Yes, Coinbase is very DeFi aligned. They have a a self-custodial wallet inside of their main consumer application. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll continue to push on them and hold them accountable for that. But I mean, that's what they say is they're they're more DeFi aligned. So I feel like left standing, it's kind of the, like, because the... The alt layer ones have taken not mortal wounds. I think they'll be back, but they are severely wounded and they're kind of limping away. Like the soul community is is down bad right now. Yeah, I think I th- I think that's definitely true in terms of price. But I'm I'm wondering if like I mean you remember what it was like when we watched Ether go to eighty dollars? Like I became like I have I felt stronger camaraderie with the crypto Twitter ETH crew during that moment. I just think it's um. What Soul has to figure out is like what Solana has to figure out is like, look, I don't think they're dead. They're definitely not dead. But now they've got kind of a major exchange supporter that was basically a Joe Lubin like right. of Solana mm-hmm. out of the picture completely. They take a hit from that, right? And in in the, in the face of that, they also have increasing layer two competition yeah. that is pretty significant and having low um, block fees is not is not enough uh right. like right now when you have like a Z- zk evms that are nipping at your heels yeah so i do think solana is going to have to i mean they're going to exist but they're going to have to have some uphill battles yeah they might have some uphill battles and they might have to kind of uh, reinvent themselves but anyway all that to say i feel like it's binance and then there's ethereum DeFi. it's these are the ho- yeah. these are the major horses yeah. left yeah and That's so right. i'm not saying cz's final boss <laughs> Because he's not, I don't. I don't think. And right now, he's reasonably crypto aligned. But like, finance is a bank, right? right. And we, I hope they go in the direction of decentralization. But it's interesting that rather than align with Ethereum and building on layer twos, they decide to launch their own kind yeah. of Geth fork right. BNB chain powered by BNB the token. And like, I think CZ's a, a brilliant strategist and, and business person. But I don't know. I don't know if that will mesh with what the end state yeah. vision we we hope for uh for DeFi and crypto is 
right? I think like Binance will only be as DeFi aligned as it makes rational profit sense. As in like the only reason why Binance Smart Chain exists is because it was a profitable endeavor by CZ, not because of any particular like ethos of crypto, right? Um, yeah. But still, that is a significant step ahead of most people in this space. So, do you think that uh, we'll be able to convince regulators that um, DeFi is already regulated? It's just regulated by code, and that the that's problem... that's the biggest ask in in <laughs> in that's possible. Like to convince them that the EVM is all the regulation that we need. Uh, it's not. That's not. So right. I think that's not totally the objective. I think it would be really cool if we figured out. Um, all right, so part of this, which was so fascinating, is we got to watch a bank run unfold in real time. That was pretty fun. On Chainalytics, yep. on Nansen, on Etherscan, on Twitter, right? Like the whole thing was publicly visible. That's to me, that sounds like a regulator's best friend. Yeah. And if if we we can kind of present tools to them that allow them to check the reserves of DeFi protocols if they want, mm -hmm. but also like, you know, some of the more centralized parties and, and validate it. Like they might, I'm, I'm not saying this current regulatory regime, but like if they were smart, back to your optimistic vision, if we could educate them and show them and convince them of all of the wins in DeFi, and if they really cared about the missions of their regulatory agencies, which is like protecting American citizens, right? and you know fair and efficient markets on these sorts of things then maybe maybe there's a shot that we can actually recruit them and get them on board yeah. right. to pushing the industry in the direction of why have another you know blockfi stood up when we can have a user interface mm -hmm. on top of an ave and a compound right. and like collateral backed mm -hmm. uh, defi protocols right. that are completely transparent and publicly yeah. audible yeah with proof of reserves every 12 seconds yeah right <laughs> i mean this is kind of what yeah, we need like to there is forward. a window that has opened here and we need to make you sure think so yes yes i guess my 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 final thought on this piece is um i am so relieved that a um a sociopath and a predator who is clearly bending his empire towards the destruction of DeFi yeah. and crypto and we didn't know it yet like right. it was it's basically it's like senator palpatine Yes. Like in the back. Yes, we found like Senator, Senator Palpatine in like this first two or three years of existence. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It, thank God, yeah. because he turns into uh, Emperor Palpatine later, uh, full, <laughs> full Sith Lord. Right. And like then it's too late. Then he's already has the entire galaxy under his dominion, right? Yep. <laughs> we have to fight back. Like that's literally what we just uncovered. And uh, I am. If he got if he got this far in what what's he been in the industry since 2018 2019 he got this far in four years, biggest democratic donor, massive political yeah uh, the guy who's representing crypto in the our houses of legislation, second largest crypto exchange, Tom Brady uh, cameos, um, I like this guy was everywhere, and would have been such a dangerous. Right, individual yep. to have in this space, and yep. we got him out. What right. a victory that is! He was he was a cancer, and this is why the industry is hurting right now. We we crypto is one holistic body. We had cancer; uh, it was propping us up for a while, and now we 
cut the cancer out and now we're hurting and now we're post surgery and now we're recovering. Recovering, recovering, recovering. Maybe that's the state of things is we are recovering. Uh, did, did he really just tweet out an N? Yep. We got an N. This guy, this fucking guy, dude, fucking guy. What happened? What happened? What happened? That's what he's going to do. Unbelievable. Unreal. Uh, all right. I can't wait to forget this guy and uh, move on. <laughs> Bankless, move on with DeFi. Uh, you got anything left, David? Uh, I think this was good. This was helpful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thanks for staying strong. Bankless community, we appreciate you guys. 